Marty. Shh, you'll scare the fish. But we're missing the big football Relax. game. Relax. My VHS home video recorder is taping it right now. Terrific. Watch. Terrific. But suppose it's over three hours. Relax. Panasonic VHS tapes up to four hours of sports, movie specials on one cassette. Wow. This VHS is for me. We caught the whole game. Best catch of the day. Yeah. VHS, the four-hour system from Panasonic and other leading companies. Action podcast, your source for all those awesome oily 80s, 90s, early aughts, and today, and today, action films of our past, the ones that we grew up with. Today, we have a very special episode. We're not going to be focusing on a movie per se, we're going to be focusing on video stores and VHS. Is that that what I'm thinking? Yeah. uh, this is T-Bone. Yeah, this is TIE Fighter. And so welcome back. Yeah, uh, we've, we've been in a bad habit of not introducing ourselves because we have such a fan base. I, I feel that we're past that. Like, If you don't know who we are, then you should not be listening to this show. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So anyway, yeah, but we're, we're here today to talk about VHS and, and kind of those uh, films that we grew up on, uh, Video Store Kids and uh, taping off TV and tape trading and all of those good things um i haven't seen you in a while how you been good good yeah you've been working out at all you've been hitting the hitting the old the a little, doge. Bit. little yeah. bit yeah, yeah. I, I i got up this morning um hit delts i slopped a, a, a little bit of clay <laughs> on the old delts and uh yeah so look like something to michelangelo come on <laughs> yes <laughs> like a bunch of fingers running back so, uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, I don't know, I just wanted to throw that out there. But anyway, um, so what, what do you got for us today, uh, T-Bone? Well, uh, if you're a younger person, then uh, you might not realize that watching movies and stuff like that was a totally different world just barely 20 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, between 20 and 40 years ago. Everything's all streaming now and some Blu-ray. Yeah. Were you a big physical media guy? Like, back in the day, like, were you, like, a collector of sorts or or anything? No, just movies that I liked. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a physical media guy. Going back to even just, I can honestly tell you the very first three movies that I ever rented. Because it was an experience, and it's why I, it's I don't know why that has stuck with me all these years, but the three movies that I saw, that well, that we rented, the first movie that I ever saw on a VHS was Raiders of the Lost Ark, not Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I'm talking about the real, the real thing, and I remember as a kid, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe 
that I was sitting in my living room and watching a movie that I had actually seen in the movies as a kid growing up. So that just really stuck with me, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I immediately felt, I think that was really to me, like, probably what sparked my love of movies. Like, I don't know why, it just resonated so much with me, because I understood that this was an experience. And I don't know why, it, like I said, why it stuck with me all these years. But just going to the video store was like a treat. It was like, um, that was our idea of scrolling through Netflix, was walking, you had to physically get in your car and drive to these places um, called video stores. Um, the one that I used to go to was over off of uh, 21st and Garnett. For those of you who are in the Tulsa area, it was called First Run Video. And we would peruse the aisles. And long story short, the three videos that I remember us picking out as a family, keep that in mind, it was a family thing that you went and did, was uh, Michael Jack, the making of Michael Jackson's Thriller, which was fantastic. Yep. Um, we also rented uh, the comedy The Toy mm -hmm. with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. And then we rented High Road to China with, <laughs> with Tom Selleck. So, was that one for your mom? Yeah. Oh, early 80s Tom Selleck action. Yeah. Fiery red fingernails dancing through the chest hair. Yes. Um, go back to bed. Yeah. Tyler, go back to bed. You saw nothing. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. And again, um, I distinctly remember watching those three movies as a kid and again once just being completely mind blown that i'm sitting in my living room eating the food that i wanted to eat like you know what i mean like it was just an experience and it's like it's something i think that is lost on kids today or even lost on generations today of, of how big a deal that was to us growing up but go ahead yeah i couldn't tell you the first thing i saw on VH on tape probably looney tunes movie or something yeah we were pretty open in our house. Like, I mean, my dad didn't really, there were like, he, he would let us watch pretty much whatever we wanted. But if there was like a questionable scene, like, um, definitely one we'd have to fast forward through. Like, um, when Rambo drops the F-bomb in Rambo First Blood Part Two, which I think we talked about. There was another scene in Jaws 4 where there was like a love, like a, a sex scene. <laughs> and I remember my dad's like, fast forward that! <laughs> That, that was the offensive part of Jaws yeah, 4. Yeah. <laughs> so it was little things like that. Like, there were things that we couldn't watch, but for the most part, like, we couldn't hear the F word mm -hmm. and we couldn't see boobies, I guess, maybe. I, I don't really yeah. know, or, or I don't even, are there, I don't think I've ever even went back to see Jaws, Jaws 4 in forever. Are there boobies in Jaws 4? I don't know. <laughs> Some savvy listener out there, let us know uh, right into the show. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I do have a uh, history of the format, if you would like to hear about that. I would love to hear how VHS got started. Well, VHS stands for Video Home System, if you're not aware. And VHS tapes were played on a VCR, yes. which is Video Cassette Recorder. Yes, uh, the first iterations were called VTRs, Ooh. or video tape recorders, because they didn't have cassettes. It oh. was just reel-to-reel. -reel. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Um, the first commercially successful magnetic tape recording system 
which is what these are, magnetic tapes, uh, was in the 1950s and cost almost half a million in today's dollars. That's crazy. In the 1960s, a more affordable commercial version was produced by JVC. In the 1970s, JVC started working on a consumer version that would that we would uh, later know as VHS. Yeah. Did they ever um, shoot like things on videotape, like back in the like 60s, 70s? Like were things shot on videotape or everything? Because like even television shows at that point weren't they still shot primarily on film? Yeah. The, they... reason, the only reason I ask is I just like I know like. Um, there's like six episodes of the Twilight Zone that are shot on video, and yeah. you can definitely tell yeah. like the ones that are shot on video because it's such a rough. And I know like also Doctor Who was also shot on video, and those they just do like threw those out like the BBC like. I think a out. lot of like variety shows oh, shot okay. on video, maybe. but most things are still shot on film. But yeah, these were all these half a million dollar machines were for broadcast and professional. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so in 1976, the first home VHS VCR was released in Japan. Mm-hmm. And in 1977, it was released in the U.S. and in the U.K. in 1978. Hmm. So also in the early 70s, Sony started working on their own magnetic tape format mm-hmm. called Betamax mm-hmm. or Beta. Mm-hmm. And that was... Their first home systems were released in 1975, so they beat VHS to market by a year. Mm -hmm. So JVC teamed up with a few other manufacturers to push VHS as the industry standard, and Sony was alone in trying to get Betamax as the standard. And this was the format wars of the late 70s and 1980s. And... If you're not familiar with that, a more recent analog would be the DVD blue or uh, I guess DVD Blu-ray and Blu-ray HD yeah, DVD. Yeah, like 4K now. Yeah, yeah. So there's some kind of format wars going on now, but that was the big format war back in the day. Wasn't Beta like the superior format though, like back in the day? Yes, they Beta had a slightly higher quality, mm-hmm. but it was overall more expensive, and they had. Uh, shorter recording time per cassette. Oh, okay. okay. And VHS was cheaper, and they had a longer recording time. Gotcha. I also do remember, too, like, going into these video stores, um, there was a beta section. <laughs> yeah. And there was a VHS section, and I remember my dad's like, you gotta stay over here in this section. But I was like, but that the big chill. Like, it's in, <laughs> you know, like, it's in beta. I don't see it in VHS. So, like, I didn't know if they released certain movies, you know, just strictly through beta or if that was, like, a way of, like, using, like, the, the fuel, the format war, I guess. Right. So, JVC um, also licensed VHS technology to anyone who wanted it, and Sony did not. They they were the sole producers of beta products. Mm-hmm. So, as I mentioned, uh, beta had 100% of the market in 1975 since they were the only one out there. And VHS started coming out in 76. And by 1980, so in just five years, VHS controlled 60% of the market in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And in 1981, they had 75% of the market. By 1987, they had up to 90% of the market. Wow. And then a year later, 1988, 
Sony officially began producing VHS products, and the format war was basically over and over. Yeah, I, and I, one one other really kind of quick and interesting tidbit um, that I had read years and years back, back in um, film school, back in those glorious days of film school, um, we had to do like a senior capstone. This may have been for film studies, though, actually. This may have been for film studies. But I did a, a very lengthy report, <laughs> and strictly for uh, research purposes. But I did one like on the history of like pornography, and I had read a, a statistic. It was uh, in a book by, called I think The Other Hollywood by Legs McNeil. Um, he said that when these porn companies began producing videotapes because it was cheaper to produce them on VHS. That that's really what killed. Now I don't I don't know if this is true or not, but that is really what was like the deciding factor in the war of, of between beta and because all of these perverts they wanted their long formats right. and not the short formats. But um, that's what I had read uh, about the format wars is is yeah. the porn industry really kind of dictated. <laughs> that probably had something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. So Sony did continue to, to produce beta products for professional broadcast and video production companies. The last beta recorder was produced in 2002. Wow, 2002? The last beta tape was produced in 2016. Oh, what was it? Do you know? I, I, I'm assuming just a blank tape. Oh, uh, so it wasn't like something yeah. they produced. I don't, know, I don't know what the last movie was on beta. Yeah. Um, the last standalone VHS deck was produced in 2008. Wow. The last combo deck, which would play VHS, and I think this was, this one specific one was VHS and DVD, was produced in 2016. But I did read there was a, a combo deck that played VHS and Blu-ray oh, at one point. No way. That's surprising. Yeah. Um, the last major Hollywood release on VHS, do you know what it was? Um, 2006. I'm going to say Titanic, maybe. Maybe Jerry Maguire, maybe something like that. It was a history of violence. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, with Viggo Mortensen yeah. or whatever. It's a great movie. Uh, some companies, so that was the last official major Hollywood release on VHS. Wow, that's um, awesome. Some companies continued to produce promotional VHS tapes for marketing purposes over the years including uh, Bumblebee, that Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Paranormal Activity was released on VHS. Mm -hmm. And as late as last year, 2021, there were some professional wrestling events released on VHS. <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> probably sold out of someone's trunk. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably think that a lot of wrestling fans, myself included, still own a VCR <laughs> to this day, which I do. I actually have multiple decks just in case. Um, and if I find them in pretty good working order, I still pick them up because you can pick them up at like a Goodwill or a thrift store, even some pawn shops for like five or six bucks. Because mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of tapes that I still have that I still watch, uh, you know, to this day. And getting to rig those up on like a flat screen or like a 4K high def TV is quite the experience to, to say the least you guys don't know what you what you how lucky you are <laughs> <laughs> um so going over to 
video rental stores. Uh, these started almost immediately after, you know, these VHS and Beta came out. The first professionally managed video rental store in the U.S. opened in 1977 in Los Angeles. Yeah. And this goes back to your comment a little while ago. Uh, the, this store licensed 50 movies from a few different studios, and the guy had these 50 movies in both VHS and beta. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like it was a even 50-50 split right, right on day one. Right. Um, among the movies that he first, some of the first movies rented were uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, MASH, Hello, Dolly, Patton, The French Connection, The King and I, and The Sound of Music. Oh, cool. Some of the first movies released on VHS. Um, what if, because I've seen, you, you'll still see them every once in a while, especially like in Goodwills and even like some antique shops and stuff. Remember like the big flat movies that were like, looked like a big, it was a video, like a laser disc, but it was before laser disc. They were, they were in, uh, like they were encased in like almost looked like a giant flat Nintendo game, like a NES, the original NES. You know what I'm talking about? There was something that it was like a laser disc, but it was on actually on vinyl. Is that what? It, okay, okay. That might be it. All know? right, because I've seen. I mean, I used to. I mean, not that I ever collected them, but I would see them and I'd want to pick them up just simply for the for the box art, mm-hmm. because a lot of it had the original like one sheet art, like Star Wars or Rocky oh, yeah. Three or stuff like that. So I didn't know if that was like kind of like the same thing, or obviously that format didn't last very long. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, almost right away, some movie studios, including Disney and Universal, tried to ban sales of VCRs and videotape rentals, claiming it would hurt their business. And this made it all the way to the Supreme Court that ruled against um, movie studios. Um, video recorders were so expensive that many video stores rented them out mm-hmm. because it cost up to, uh, in today's dollars, $6,000 wow. to buy a VCR. That's a good point because, like, I do remember my dad telling us how – I mean, he never actually came out and said, like, this is how much I paid for this. I do remember that the machine was expensive. I remember it was a top loader. Mm-hmm. I remember um, we weren't really allowed to touch it. Only he could – put the tapes in and take them out like he didn't want us to touch it. Yeah. Um, what else do I remember about that? I don't know. Like, I just, I do remember, like, the importance of, don't touch this. But that was kind of my dad with anything. Like, right. whatever, you know, like, we are going to get our greasy fingers all over whatever he had. <laughs> but anyway, I do remember that. Um, I also remember um, my parents having a catalog. Um, I think it may have come with our VCR where you could order movies but the movies at that time that's why somebody let us borrow Raiders of the Lost Ark because we couldn't afford a movie um, but the movies like you could buy them they were like $150 or something like that at that time or like $200 for like High Road to China um, and I remember us like flipping through and my dad's like won't you pick you some out and I'm like what really like seriously like you know, so there's like Rocky, maybe, I don't remember if Rocky was in there, but the Muppet movie, I kind of remember the Muppet movie being one of those in there, um, and like a lot of early, maybe some early Disney movies, I don't remember quite, ex- I just remember the catalog, mm-hmm. um, and it just, how crazy expensive the movies were, um, of course we never bought anything, 
<laughs> but my dad was just like, here, while I'm setting this up, why don't you look through that? It's probably the real story behind that now that I'm thinking about it. But I do remember him giving us like a catalog to look at so we could like pick out some movies that you want to buy. So, uh, so in the early 80s, this is a whole other episode we could probably do. Many video stores also began renting, renting video games. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they started doing it that early. Um, so by 1985, there were over 15,000 video rental stores in the U.S. And grocery stores and drug stores were also renting out videos. Yeah, our homeland had a... I mean, almost every grocery store had a video store, and that was our babysitter in the summertime. <laughs> For 100%, that's our... I mean, that was our babysitter. I, I've said, you know, we would get up in the morning to go rent six, seven videos, you know, watch something in the morning, play some wiffle ball, play in the creek... And that's what we'd stay up late at night, just watching videos, you know. So by 1988, there were 25,000 video stores in the U.S. and video rentals available at over 45,000 other outlets. With the advent of streaming and online rentals between 2000 and 2015, the number of rental stores in the U.S. dropped from almost 28,000 to just over 4,400. And I did the math on this. And that means that every day for 15 years straight, over four video stores a day shut down. Dang, that's crazy. By 2017, there were barely more than 2,000 rental stores in the U.S. In 2021, Family Video closed all their remaining stores. They were the last remaining big rental chain. Mm -hmm. And there's only one blockbuster left in the country yeah probably the world right yeah that one in oregon one in oregon and there's actually a documentary that's been made about it i I checked it out i think it's called the last blockbuster or something like that it was on netflix so the video rental market was massive yeah throughout the 80s and 90s if you're a young person (laughs) you have no idea what it was yeah what it was like yeah and like you said it was like an event to go to a video store I just remember just like on a, especially on a Friday and Saturday nights, just packed. It was mm-hmm. packed with people, um, families, young kids, you know, it was just, it was, it, it's unlike anything that will ever happen again. I think, you know what yeah. I mean? It was just, and like the excitement of seeing something on the shelf, like, oh my God, this is, you know, in the days before the internet, like, you didn't know what was coming out unless you were, like, subscribed to certain magazines or, you know, you were just a, you know, like, I would pick up an occasional issue of, like, Fangoria or something like that and be like, ooh, like, this movie's coming out. And they might have a little section on there about videos that are coming out or reviews or something like that. But very rarely did my video stores carry anything that was being reviewed or talked about in Fangoria as far as like video I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So like just the excitement of like going in there and being like, dude, there's Bosworth Stone Cold. Like, and look, there's a video behind it, which means it's available. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just the excitement of that and like just having that adrenaline rush of treasure hunting. <laughs> right. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier, a lot of these popular Hollywood movies in the eighties, they, you could buy them, but they were $80, 90 $100, yeah. which is well over $200 in today's dollars. And the reason they were so expensive is because you know, the studios sold them to rental outlets, and they could make up that money in you know, just a few months. Yeah. Um, so by the mid-'80s, there were some random VHS titles that 
sold for under $20, which is still almost $60 today. Right. But these are mostly educational films and some sports titles. By the late 80s, huge blockbusters such as Top Gun and E.T., they started selling them quote-unquote cheaply mm-hmm. for $30 or almost $80 today. Yeah. But they still made huge amounts of money, and that proved that Hollywood could sell these videos relatively cheap, cheaply direct to the consumer and still make a huge amount of money. So that was kind of the tipping point where you started be, being able to get videos for like $15, $20 yeah. back in the late 80s and 90s. So you had uh, you had VHS right from the beginning. I had VHS right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, we had we had it actually had beta. You did like we? I don't remember when we got it. It was very early '80s, I guess. Yeah, and we're still friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we got a beta. Yeah. Bougie. Um, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure my family got a discount or something. Yeah. But our and here's something else that like people today don't realize or kind of think about but like in those early days if you had vhs at home like your whole movie collection was basically pirated (laughs) that's true that is very true especially in the early to mid 80s before the movies got cheap like you we had like 100 beta movies and they were all pirated yeah and that was normal like if you go you go to someone's house today and you see like hundred pirated blu-rays you're like that's kind of weird right right but like that was normal back then i seems i mean i it seems like it to me that was normal yeah i remember like um this was much later though you know um probably around maybe eighth grade ninth grade maybe high school when we finally was able to afford a second vcr and then you could rent them and we figured out like holy crap like you can actually dub these <laughs> and some films like i remember rocky five like having the filter on it where it would fade right. dark and then fade out and fade dark and fade. it's like there's got to be a way to like um like how does that work like that's it's sorcery i say yeah. you know but i do remember like or somebody had a copy you just dubbed it you you know or you taped things off television right. i mean we probably had the entire disney collection as far as like i mean Old Yeller, um, Toby Tyler joins the circus, Follow Me Boys, uh, <laughs> The Love Bug, um, you know, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. I mean, all of those old like live action Disney films. Um, we just were taping them off TV. Uh, so the introduction to the blank video cassette where you could record your own things right. was monumental. And I think I've said to you before, uh, then with cable TV, um, and you have these channels that were kind of like um or, or certain time slots set aside for like movies that guys for guys that like movies or you know chuck right. norris and first blood and karate kid and um, then hbo and you could tape things off tv and if my friend had something that i wanted we would trade it was like a tape trading thing where we would dub stuff off sometimes the commercials would be in it sometimes the commercials yeah. would be edited out you know with via the remote right you know, so I remember, but yeah, you're right. Just pirated tapes were, that was just commonplace. And yeah. no one thought anything about it. Like, oh, how about we all go in together and buy Raiders of the Lost Ark and then we'll all just dub it for each other. But again, that was much later when VCR prices dropped and households yeah. were able to afford more than one. 
it all this all kind of coincided. Um, so in the mid 1980s, a company called Macrovision created what they called analog protection system that allowed commercially sold VHS tapes to be encoded with what is basically a tech but it's basically like a signal jamming technology it was witched yeah that prevented (laughs) witchery what is this necromancy it prevented copying videotapes and i think the first kind of wide release of that technology was in 1985 Uh, and there was some technology that was later released to you know quote unquote beat Mm -hmm. or at least attempt to beat it so yeah in the early 80s there was no copy protection on anything right and not i mean even a lot of movies i remember getting stuff in the 90s that didn't have copy protection on it they didn't care at that point (laughs) so the uh yeah the the uh, introduction of this copy protection kind of coincided with prices coming down Mm -hmm. so people moved away from pirating and copying more towards just buying it because it's more it was more affordable at the time yeah we had a, a huge beta and the remote had a, a wire that you would yes. plug into. <laughs> so did we so did we and i remember sitting like like i said like first i think i had a, I, first blood because if you flipped it there's like three three options you could do like standard play which was like 120 minutes i think and then you could do like ssp which was like what was it like or maybe ep like EP extended was, play yeah. And then you could do like SSP, which was like super, super yeah. slow motion. I don't know what it was, or super, super slow speed, or whatever that stood for. That's what I, the acronym that I made up for was super <laughs> slow speed. Um, but you could get like three movies on yeah. one tape. And I remember us having like, it was like The Karate Kid was on one, immediately followed into like Empire Strikes Back was on another one, and then like right into like First Blood or something like that. But we had, and they were all labeled. You know, meticulously, like, first blood starts at, you know, 1.200 yeah. seconds because it had the timer. Yeah. You have to reset the counter <laughs> yeah, on the to reset machine. the counter, yeah. <laughs> I remember it's, like, meticulously, like, in my, I can see it as plain as day in my brain, my mind's eye, my dad's handwriting of all of these movies that we had had taped off TV from Invasion USA to, like, The Octagon to, like, Raw Power or, like, whatever raw deal or like whatever action movie or whatever movie and then my mom had some too i mean i remember her having like steel magnolias followed by places in the heart with <laughs> sally field and you know just she had the tom Selleck movie her <laughs> yeah. nightstand yeah i was in the top drawer <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i just remember like getting home from school and like that's what we'd do. Like we'd watch, I would sometimes watch the baseball bunch and then you just went right to like, um, whatever was on, whatever we had taped, you know, just hours and hours of watching those tapes over and over and over, taking them to my grandparents' house. Cause my grandparents had, you know, a VCR, but weren't, I don't want to say they weren't intelligent enough, but they weren't, a, you know, old people in machinery, you know, <laughs> they just, they didn't, figure out like how to tape things so they just played things and you know so i would take all my tapes over there and i would leave my tapes and i would take music videos that was another huge thing yeah was taping uh music videos especially like heavy metal videos um just stuff like that and just watching it like it's just crazy like that's how we grew up that was our netflix mm-hmm. at one point we had a like a 
file folder or something with a list of all our movies. Yeah. And it was like, number 48 is this movie. So you'd go to the the cabinet and find them. Oh, number know, 48. All, they, we had them all numbered. Yeah. And then you just pull up. And we had like these, I remember buying them at Sam's. When Sam's was just a new thing. And they were like video cassette, like, or VHS, like drawers. Mm-hmm. Like, like file cabinets. Yeah. And you like pulled them open and then you could like look down like, oh my God, like what a way to file. <laughs> it was so cool. And you'd have them stacked. We had like four of them. There's no stacked. way it can get any better than this. <laughs> yeah. Technology has peaked. I know. <laughs> I mean, just, I felt like, like a god. Like, like a cinem- cinematic god. You know, just luring over all of my releases or all of my taped copies. You know what I mean? And, um, but yeah. So, what kind of memories do you have of like tapes, like multiple taped copies of things? Do you have, do you have any of those stories? Well, I just remember like like multi generation copies. Like this is a fourth or fifth generation <laughs> copy. And yeah, it looks like crap, but you can't get this movie anywhere else. So right, you're you're stuck with like a crappy copy until you can find a better one or something yeah it's not like you you couldn't just download one on the internet or right buy a new copy yeah especially for you know some rare title or something yeah i also too remember um it could have been this was probably like maybe back high school my first couple of years in college um tape trading like communities Mm -hmm. like if you picked up like an episode or an episode uh, if you picked up like an issue of like Film Threat magazine, or you picked up an issue of whatever kind of magazine, there might be like a classified things in the back, and there's people tape trading available, and you would send a self-addressed stamped envelope, and they would send you a list of what they had available, and you could either buy it or you could send them blank tapes, and they would tape it and send them back to you. Um, so we got a lot of tapes like that. Um, I can remember. Um, the very first time I ever saw Last House on the Left, um, there was a company called, oh my gosh, what was the name of it? I it, The name escapes me right now. I'll, it'll probably come to me as I talk, but um, it was off a French, probably Laserdisc version <laughs> of Last House on the Left. And I remember seeing like the French subtitles and being like, God, like, what? there's crap all over this movie by having the French subtitles, you know? But that was the only way that you could get that or video at that time because not everybody carried Last House on the Left or like it was very selective of what mm-hmm. some video stores carried and then there are some video stores they carried like everything like all the trash and those were like Super Video which was by my house um, and that was where you could get get the good stuff like all of those <laughs> really the eye candy box art and the crap movies on the actual <laughs> celluloid <laughs> like Roger Corman films or Russ Meyer films or uh, even some John Waters stuff, which freaked me out as a kid. But they would rent it to you. They didn't care. You know, I mean, I'd never had any issues. Um, I think my dad had probably told him, like, oh, go ahead and rent it to him. Spotlight video, which I should have worn my Spotlight video shirt to this <laughs> this recording. I have a T-shirt in my storage unit from Spotlight Video in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, um, that said uh, I was part of the 100 Tape Club. So at some point in our lives, I don't remember this. I have the t-shirt to prove it. I guess you made the wall 
in our video store, if you rented a hundred tapes, <laughs> you got the T-shirt from Spotlight Video, and they took your Polaroid and they put it up in the wall. So you were like royalty at Spotlight Video. Um, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> I remember looking at just all the box art, like especially of just the crazy horror movies. That, yeah. You know, my parents would never rent me. <laughs> It just looks so crazy. Like, what is this movie about? Yeah. And the one I remember seeing a lot, like, just one that sticks out in my memory is um, Remo Williams. Yes. That box art. <laughs> R.I.P. Fred Ward. <laughs> yeah. Where he's just, like, hanging off the... Uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Oh, the helicopter, I guess. Is the yeah. Helicopter. Yeah. And then, I don't know, The I just thought the box art was always so cool for that. Yeah. And I didn't see it till years later, but, but that's just one of the box art things that i remember seeing a lot yeah um there's two distinct ones that i remember enter the dragon which was like in the old like clamshell case i think it was like cbs fox or whatever video it was it was pretty um uh boring it had like a picture of bruce lee on like an actual photo like a still from the movie and it was like in the clamshell but i just remember like the intensity on that guy's face i was like I want to see this movie. I was like looking at the back and reading the description. I was just like, I have to see this movie, Inner the Dragon. The other one that I remember is Ants. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you've never seen the box art for Ants, um, you know, it's A-N-T-S, as in the little insect. Um, with Suzanne Summer, I believe, is in that. There is a very provocative shot from the film. Uh, I just remember like walking around the horror section about two or three times just so that I could look at the ants box art. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen ants, to be 100% honest with you, but boy, did I want to. I sure wanted to. Just that box art. You gotta wait, me wait till your parents are on the other side of the store and you walk by the bikini <laughs> car wash tapes. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I do remember that, like the box art for that. Um, oh, King Solomon's Mines. I remember, like, oh, that was like a Raiders. Well, even like all the canon films have some, like, Firewalker with Louis Gossett Jr. Um, just all of those, like, Drew Struzan type mm-hmm. illustrations. That was right. like the good old days when they used to draw and paint movie posters before they just got too easy to just cut and paste and Photoshop. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just remember just like walking up and down the video stores and being freaked out. And then, of course, I don't know if you ever had this experience, but it's almost like a rite of passage for all of us that grew up in the 90s was to sort of have a sleepover and somebody breaking out faces of death. <laughs> guys, guys, guess what I got? And they bring it out. That box, that black box with a skull banned in 48 countries. <laughs> uh, God, I, I remember like being freaked out because when you see something as a kid, this is real. Like you take that for what it is. You right. read it as black and white as it's for real. Um, I remember watching faces of death and just being like, Oh my God, like I know I'm going to hell. Like I know like if my parents would be so ashamed of me if they knew that I watched that, you know, and just having that sense of guilt and shame for watching that movie. Um, did you ever have any kind of like experience as far as like a sleepover? Cause that was like Eric Huckabee's birthday party. The very first time we had a boxing matches in the front yard <laughs> And then we, uh, and then we watched Faces of Death that night <laughs> after his parents went to sleep. I don't. I I never did the Faces of Death thing, but I do remember a sleepover, and we watched one of the Friday the Thirteenths. Uh huh. And I don't know. It would have been like 
12 or 13. So yeah. not too young, but yeah, still where you probably shouldn't be watching them anyway. <laughs> Yeah, v- v- VHS and, and sleepovers was like the, like I said, it was almost like a rite of passage. I remember watching um, European Vacation mm-hmm. at Justin Prokop's uh, sleep. <laughs> uh, these uh, these are and short short circuit. I remember watching that, and I just remember the scene again. Just my adolescent mind. When you think of European Vacation, you just think of that one throwaway scene where the girl shows Rusty, and I just was like. <laughs> <laughs> Macintosh had a birthday party. We watched Slumber Party Massacre Part Two <laughs> <laughs> with the Driller Killer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sleepovers and VHS v- VCRs went hand in hand. Uh, if you're a kid in the '80s and '90s, for sure. <laughs> but going back to the box art, um, that was how a lot. I mean, that was how they pretty much marketed it. Marketed the movies because you couldn't just get online and watch a trailer right if you know there was no like that's how you got wind of what most movies were out is just looking going to the video store and just seeing them there so they really had to have a good box art to get you to rent the movie yeah because you you, otherwise you'd have no idea that that movie existed (laughs) yeah yeah, have you ever, did, were you ever felt like you were swindled by the box art versus yeah. like what was the actual film was? Do you remember one? That um, no, not, I mean not specifically. I do remember uh, some friends and I. This was back in the late nineties. We went, we went to the video store and we rented uh, some. I think it was a James Woods movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was because of the box art. But maybe because it kind of sounded like a cool movie. Yeah. And we got it home and we started watching it, and it was terrible. <laughs> and then so we all went, got in the car, and went back to the video store, and we were like, "This movie's broken. <laughs> it's, it's not playing." <laughs> so uh, instead, we went and got Chud too. <laughs> that was def- definitely an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. I can see. I, I have this memory of you guys all in the back of the pickup truck, like in The Simpsons, like Barton Fink. We're gonna sneak into an R-rated movie. Barton Fink. Barton Fink. Uh, yeah. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> I love the fact that they just took your word for it, and they're yeah. just like, "Let's let's check it out. Let's see what's going on." Or, or there's another copy of Salvador or whatever right. it is that you're watching. I mean, that was the point. <laughs> it was like the late '90s, yeah. And video rentals were like. 99 cents yeah and nobody really yeah. cared yeah dvd was already making a big push at that time yeah so. yeah um i remember being swindled by uh penitentiary 2 <laughs> simply because um well the box art was cool it was a really cool box art it's like this upshot of leon leon isaac kennedy and he's like got like the, the boxing glove and you know he's got or his fist i think his fist is out and it's like got the gel cell and you flip it over and it's just like oh my god man mr t's in this and that was like coming off of i think it was was that after rocky three or maybe slightly before i don't remember but i remember mr t's in this look at that box art like you can't go wrong with that and that movie was i mean it's been a while since i've seen it but i just remember like this is the slowest boringest movie i've ever seen in my life um i was trying to think of something else that i that i can remember that was sort of like swindled but I don't know. I can't think of any. But, um, but uh, going back to what you were going to say, 
I, uh, even in college, going to the movie rental store, uh, the cheapness of was renting Hastings. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Hastings alums with their like thirty nine cent rentals or something like that. Um, I remember picking up that was probably the biggest video store that I've ever experienced. You know, I came from grew up in Tulsa, and we had, I mean, we had our blockbusters and we had our Hollywoods and we had, you know, the occasional offshoot of like, um, like super video and things like that. But we're I was more used to just like really small stores because our blockbuster wasn't anything massive, you know. Um, but when you walked into Hastings. It was almost overwhelming because it was aisles and aisles and right. aisles. And we're talking like 10, I mean, what in my brain, like 10 foot tall shelves. And I mean, just from floor to ceiling almost, just rentals after rental after rental. And there was so much that I picked up at Hastings that I had never seen anywhere else or that you couldn't find anywhere else. Um, and you kind of grew up in Norman, didn't you, for the most part? Um, I mean, like she went to college there. Like, yeah. And yeah, so, that's... Uh, Hastings is where I saw a lot of those old Lou Ferrigno movies. Yeah, that I had never seen anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah they had all kinds of weird random stuff. Yeah, I remember like House at the Edge of the Park, and I was like, because I remember like being into like I don't know why, but like just Wes Craven for me like did it like I, of course it was Nightmare that was the very first like Wes Craven movie. So then oh well they both have eyes and they had that there and then they had like last house on the left and then of course when something's successful people duplicate it and so then there was like this whole slew of like house on the edge of stuff <laughs> like cemetery by the house on the edge of the park there was like house by the lake there was like house on the edge of town there's the town that dreaded i mean there's like all of these like town or house films uh-huh. house one house two second story you know and so i just remember like going through and like and having weird like theme nights mm-hmm. and being like i'm gonna watch like a house theme like where the title of the movie has to have the word house in it or on uh, the edge of something like we're walking the edges like you know things like that um but yeah so just video stores were great and i miss that and i've always wanted to like it was my dream to like open up like an old retro style i mean i think in this day and age it's quaint enough where you could do it but you would have to have an extra it had to be something extra like you would have to have and nobody steal this idea unless you want to you know uh cut me in on it but like have like a bar like i think that would be mm-hmm. the perfect like um uh foundation of like movie rentals like you know what i mean like a bar movie rental place and you could go in and like pick out your video, like whatever. Like I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like it has to have something else. Like not yeah. dinner and a movie, but like a retroy style. Even if it was just a video store, a bar that was set like a video store. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be cool. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking way too far ahead. I don't know. What do you? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's. I mean, I, there's people out there that have tried to do that. I thought there was one here in Tulsa. That had old VHS at one point. Well, there's like the Max, but it's like video. It's like an arcade. Yeah. I don't know about VHS. If there is, I would have been there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Or open open up something like say like by independent like Circle Cinema, like have like a video store, or even like a movie memorabilia shop or something. Like you'd have to have something else other than just video rentals, which I get. You know. 
there's probably some hipsters in Seattle that have a store <laughs> like that already. And... Like, too late, fighter. <laughs> we already capitalized on that. We've already had that venture, and it's already shut down due yeah. to the economy. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, um, what a glorious time to grow up. What a great time to be a kid. <laughs> yeah. The old VHS days. Man, um, I could go on and on about all of the crazy things that I've seen on VHS and that, as far as I know, aren't available. I actually still collect them. Like, every once in a while, I'll pick something up um, just for nostalgia's sake. And plus, like, you can find them so cheap now. Like, probably, like, last month I picked up the Jerky Boys movie. Like, as far as I know, that has never gotten a DVD or a Blu-ray release. Mm-hmm. And what enough, that's a whole other episode of the prank phone call era of, like, people who are buying cassettes of <laughs> prank phone calls. But the Jerky Boys movie I picked up, and then some of the other movies that you're talking about, like some of the Sword and Sandal films, the really cheap ones. I have one that's like Time Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I don't know. Like, what I sucks, still pick them up. What sucks about VHS is, like with DVD, which is kind of outdated technology now, it's, you can, it's not hard to the technology you know you just put a laser in your distra in your computer right and you can just watch dvd or like vinyl it's just a needle and a right. couple wires hooked up to a speaker yeah but a magnetic tape technology like you can't just yeah crank that out because i mean those are the early decks were huge and weighed 50 pounds yeah and even the later ones like when i was working in video in the late 90s and i'd have to clean them yeah you know you take the cover off and it's just it's so complicated right it's right. not an easy technology to yeah replicate like with dvd or, or you know vinyl yeah so and even like retro video games that technology is not you know that's not too complicated like they have you know the new decks that they're making that play nintendo games from right. like 30 years ago right because the technology is so simple right but for some reason that that tech is with VHS is yeah no one's gonna be doing that again so right 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 VHS is gonna like disappear a lot easier than a lot of these other formats yeah which is true which is another reason why anytime I see a VCR that looks in any sort of working order I pick them up because my very first deck that I had and I've had I mean not the very first deck I ever had but recent deck that I had and. I just wrapped it in shrink wrap and put it away in the storage unit at, you know, after I got back from college. Um, and that there it sat this whole time, got it out. It played fine. You know, just keep it dust free as much as you possibly can. Kind of blew it out as best I could. Anyway, um, over a period of time though, it kind of quit ejecting. Like, you know, the mechanism was not spitting out the tapes or if it did spit out the tapes, they were, you know, like the old, what is that? Like the clasp or whatever was like pinching the tape. Mm-hmm. And so I took it to this place called um, Video Revolution over off 61st and Lewis. And to get a VCR, which they can do it, to get it repaired and playable condition is ridiculous. <laughs> like cleaning the heads and, you know, making sure everything is in proper working order. And Because you're right. Like you take the, the cover off that thing. It is just a minutia of like circuit boards and it's like wires the, and... the new transformer movies when they're transforming <laughs> yeah. you put a 
tape in there, and it's like. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was like, listen, he's like, this thing's worth about five bucks. Um, I can fix it for you, but it's going to be like $300. And I'm like, yeah, just trash it. So I just, sad day. But then you guys, you can still find them, garage sales. And if I, I have like three right now in my storage unit. I have one hooked up, but I still watch some of those old Coliseum wrestling. I have like Roddy Piper's Greatest Hits or like the Hulkamania one, the v, the VHS, um, some of the older ones. Um, and then also, uh, we didn't even talk about Suncoast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Suncoast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was probably the most money that I've ever paid for a single copy of a VHS um, Enter the Dragon they, they had this huge box set of, for Enter the Dragon it was two tapes it was two, two <laughs> tapes um, which also had like the extended cut and it had a couple of other deleted scenes and some interviews and things like that it came with like um, reproduction uh, lobby, lobby cards uh-huh. um, it came with like a book I think the soundtrack was in there as well. And I put that baby on layaway. Remember that? <laughs> layaway. Uh, $120 I paid for that box set. And I have no idea where that is at today. It's probably going from, you know, when you're in college, apartment hopping to apartment hopping to whatever. It's gone. But, yeah, that was probably the most I've ever paid for a, a single VHS release in my life. <laughs> Well, I don't have a I don't have a VHS workout. Oh so well, I guess just uh, there's work on prob- your grip strength. <laughs> yeah, so can... lots of grip strength. Um, there's probably a VH. There, I guarantee you, there's a VHS workout out there somewhere. Whether it's Jane Fonda, remember that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know Sweat into the Oldies. Richard, Richard Simmons. Simmons had a ton of. I think he he made his name in the VHS mm-hmm. game. Uh, Billy Blanks, Tybo. Who was the guy that did the skiing thing? Oh, yeah. With that, the long curly mullet. Right. Um, uh, who else had a... If you were a... Oh, uh, uh, the guy that hung himself while he was having fun in the closet. Um, the kung fu guy. Carradine. Oh, yeah. David Carradine. <laughs> Fabio had one. Fabio had one, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Schwarzenegger has to have yeah, one. Yeah, he right. does. Yeah, he's got to have a... we got to find that. I have a lot of like um, pumping iron on on VHS. I think there's a Franco Colombo did one. Oh, see, I'd love to find those. That would be awesome. Some of those old. Um, there's a Dolph Lundgren. Uh, pretty sure he did one. Oh, that's right. Because it's real dramatic, isn't it? Like, isn't he like running on the beach and like so, yeah. it's like very cinematic. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Where's that Van Dam? I think I'm, that's Dolph Lundgren. Because I remember like the co- like the cover of it was like he was like lit like almost like um, uh, body heat or something where he's like it's through the blinds and he's got like the shadow and he's like looking down and it's got like the real retro-y like laser light looking thing on it. Gosh, what's the name of that movie? I know what you're talking about. I forgot about that one. So, so yeah, no, I don't have a VHS theme to work out. So just <laughs> go get one of those workout tapes yeah that we or discussed. watch pumping iron and follow along or something <laughs> yeah. which is kind of how we started was yeah. pumping iron down in the old dojo mm-hmm. for days we brought, brought the old combo down didn't we did we bring down the tv vcr combo mm-hmm. and we watched yeah. to watch pumping iron yeah. <laughs> while we worked out that might be it was it on tv i'm not sure oh, yeah. 
VHS. VHS, what a time to be By, alive. Bygone era. <laughs> yeah. You missed out. You certainly did. It's not as quite as fun as sitting in your TV or sitting on your couch in front of your TV endlessly, mindlessly just hitting the scroll button. Just not the same. Getting it's, out of it's here. It's just depressing now. <laughs> it really is. You don't know what it's like to walk into uh, a shop and there sit on the floor this huge, you know, 36-inch bubble TV on a wood cabinet, which was like a piece of furniture <laughs> showing purple rain. You just never know. What, you just don't know what that's like. Oh, my God. People are gathered around the TV to watch purple rain and the guy behind the counter just you know, twisting his mustache fiendishly. <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> It's a dream alive. Let's play football. You're on. Now play hard-hitting football with VCR quarterback. The new NFL board game with VCR action. As a VCR quarterback, you call the plays. The pros run them on your VCR. You get a game board and cassette with hundreds of the greatest plays in NFL history. Get the NFL VCR quarterback game. It's a hit. Don't miss the kickoff. Pick up your VCR quarterback game today.